Do you dream of making your living writing fiction, but don't know where to start? Believe me, I understand. I worried and struggled over my writing for years, afraid it was cheesy and amateurish and not truly resonating with readers. Meanwhile, at every turn, I was told I couldn't make money this way. It takes too much time, too much hard work. It's not a real job. I bet you can relate, right? Well, I'm gonna let you in on a little secret the traditional publishing industry, and let's face it, most of society at large, doesn't want you to know. It's very possible to become a career author, to make your living writing stories full of emotion and passion and morality. With all the upheaval and negativity in our world right now, people need your stories more than ever before. Stories only you can tell, only you can bring them. I created this podcast to show you how, and I promise it will take less time than you think. So join the revolution of authors following their passion and changing lives, both their own and those of their readers. We are prolific authors. Good morning, prolific authors. How's everyone doing this week? I'm sorry I haven't been here in a couple of weeks. I've been sort of putting the finishing touches on my course, and wow, that takes a lot longer than you would think it would. <laughs> I've been working on this for so long, and I've had, I keep having to go back and fix things and re-record things, and I'm sure it's just because it's the first course I've ever done. You know, Hopefully, if I do more in the future, I'll kind of have one under my belt and be a little bit better at it the first time around. But anyway, I'm back now. And I'm really excited because, as you probably noticed, I did some rebranding of my podcast. I changed the title, and I also changed the intro music. And I hope everyone likes it okay. I know that I had a few listeners who were actually good friends of mine um, who didn't want me to change it. <laughs> they really liked it the way that it was. And I understand. I really do. But I really think it's better this way, especially in terms of helping people find the podcast and find what I do. It's not that the message has changed so much as it just took me a while to figure out how to say it in a way that would um, attract the right people who need to hear it. So that's what I did. And the music's a little bit more peppy. And I hope that it kind of gives you, you know, more excitement to, you know, once you're done listening to go do your writing and all of that. So um, one other thing I wanted to say by way of just a personal update is that in the last podcast, I talked about doing a boot camp that I was going to use to help train people. I'm actually putting that off for right now. So that's the reason you haven't heard anything about it. Um, it's, it's kind of mostly a personal time issue. I found out that I will probably be moving in the next couple of months. And so I didn't want to set up this huge event. Like it's going to take a lot of time on my part and a lot of effort to put it on. And, and don't get me wrong, I, I was really excited to do it and I still want to do it in the future. But I don't want to set all of that up and then be trying to do it as I'm moving to a new house. That would be probably a disaster and way too stressful. So um, it is something that I'm going to do in the future at some point, and I will keep you uh, updated on that. But for now, I'm just sort of putting it off until I know what's going on with my living situation. And um, even once I figure that out, I'll probably wait until I'm settled. So it might be a few months before I get around to that, but it is on the horizon. So don't worry. Um, that is most of what I have for the personal update. We are still doing well here. Uh, Utah, at least, has opened up pretty much. They're still, you know, in terms of COVID, they're still requiring masks for most public places. But beyond that, everybody's uh, doing pretty well out and about. And I'm glad to see our economy doing a little bit better. I hope everybody out there is staying well and safe. And um, I know school is getting ready to start and it's kind of a, a different thing than it's ever been before. So it'll be interesting to see how everything plays out. All right, with that, let's get on to 
our topic today, which is the steps to becoming a prolific author. Hi, prolific authors, me again. All authors know the best investment they can make in their writing career, other than doing the actual writing, of course, is to build their author email list. Like many of you, I started small, using the cheapest, most common provider I could find. But things have changed in recent years. The go-to email providers authors used to use simply aren't supporting us as well as they used to. That's why I use ConvertKit. Its functionality is off the charts amazing. Deliverability is stellar. And in all the time I've used ConvertKit, I've never had problems with getting emails to my list exactly when I wanted to. ConvertKit allows you to put everything on autopilot so you can connect with your fans in the way you want to, but without sacrificing valuable writing time to do it. With a totally free plan to get you started and comparable pricing as your list increases, there's something for everyone. So invest in yourself now by going with an email provider that will grow with you. Visit bit.ly forward slash TPA email. TPA as in the prolific author. So once again, that's bit.ly forward slash TPA email. Because we are prolific authors and prolific authors have stellar email lists. All right, so I believe I've mentioned it before, but if I haven't, or if you haven't heard it, my course is actually called the Prolific Author System. So in a way, this is sort of an introduction to my course. I'm just going to give you the eight steps, kind of the eight pillars of my system here. So here's the thing, guys. With any task that you're trying to perform, especially if it's a big project that's going to take a long time, you know, not the kind of thing you can do in an hour, such as writing a book, right? It takes weeks, if not months, sometimes years, anything like that, it's always best to follow some sort of roadmap, some sort of plan to get it done. And it's also, of course, I think everyone would agree, best to find some way to streamline it and be really, really efficient with how you do it. Even if it's still gonna take a long time, you can still streamline it and be efficient. But we never talk about this when it comes to writing a book. Even in the industry, we rarely talk about this. And I think I understand why. It's because we as creatives know that we have to kind of go our own way and do things the way that our brains allow us to do them, right? Everybody has a different process. Every, everybody has different things that apply to them. And I'm in no way saying that that's not true. That is 100% true. But even taking that into account, you can still find ways to streamline your writing. You can still follow basic templates and then just adapt them to you and your writing style and your life, right? But because we have this idea that, you know, creativity is such an individual thing and um, you know, you really shouldn't touch that at all. <laughs> we, we tend to think that it's not possible to streamline it or to, you know, plan or follow a particular template. And once again, I'm not saying that any of those beliefs are necessarily wrong. I'm just saying there's still ways that you can become more efficient as an author. So let's talk about the different things that you have to take into account in order to become a really truly prolific author. It, and these are things that if you're somebody who just kind of noodles around at your writing and wants to keep it as a hobby and a passion project, then maybe you don't need to worry about this stuff. But this is for people who really want to be serious and become career authors who live off their royalties, right? If you want to do that, you really have to take some of these things into account. And this isn't just me saying this. I've heard this from countless other authors that I've talked to and interviewed. They talk about usually how kind of, out of necessity, they completely pants their first book or two. And you know, part of that is because they're just getting into writing. They don't entirely know what they're doing. And hey, I mean, I did that too. Most people do. You sit down to write a book and you just kind of 
start writing and, and start putting down what you think will work. And you're not really coming at it from a really um, professional business-like, how can I be very efficient at this perspective, right? You're just kind of writing. But then again, most of these authors tell me that when they decided that they wanted to be career writers and be really serious about it, they knew that they had to buckle down and do some planning, at least some, you know, not necessarily tons, that's going to depend on the writer, but you just can't take the time that it takes to pants a novel and do all that rewriting and scrap half of it and start again and all of that if you want to live off your author royalties because you need a more regular paycheck than that, right? So if that's you, if you want to get to the point where you are living off your author royalties, then these are things that you need to take into account. First of all, you need to prepare mentally and physically for the author lifestyle. Um, I've talked about this before about mindset work and how the inner game is like 90 plus percent of your success, right? As an entrepreneur, and make no mistake, as an independent author, you are an entrepreneur. Joanna Penn calls us authorpreneurs, which I think is a great term. There's a lot of reasons that people might fail at becoming career authors, at making really good money on their books. You know, like there's hundreds of them. Maybe they're not editing correctly. Maybe they never learn what goes into a great story. Maybe they have no no real interest in uploading quality work, you know, so they don't even bother with that. They just kind of throw something up there. Um, maybe, you know, they never learn the business side of things. There's lots of reasons for it. But what I'm saying is that if you are not in the right headspace, you know, if your thoughts do not align with your goals, if you do everything else right, you're still going to have a hard time. Okay. You need to make sure that you're, you know, um, mentally and emotionally in the right headspace to be an author. And then of course there's the physicality of it. Um, especially if you're someone who just uses the traditional typing, you know, rather than like dictating or something else, it's a lot of sitting, you know, it's just like sitting in an office job. And if you don't have your health, you're not going to be able to get your writing done. Trust me on that. Okay. So preparing yourself mentally and physically is a big part of it. And, you know, especially when you hear people say, oh, I could never do that. Or I could never, you know, sit down and, and, and get myself to actually write that much or to think that much. Well, again, that's because they're not in the right headspace. And if they have no interest in that, obviously not everybody wants to write, but if you get yourself in the right headspace, you're going to automatically be set up much better to succeed in the long run. Uh, the next thing I usually tell people to do is to construct their world. I actually would get as much of your world constructed before you start writing as you possibly can. Now, naturally, there's going to be some pantsing or discovering elements. You know, you're going to figure out things about your world as you go along. But the thing is that your world can end up um, playing into your plot a lot. In fact, it can help you fill in plot holes. So I would recommend that you do this first. Now, of course, if you're writing a, a contemporary story set in our world, you're going to have very little world building to do, but it's still worth sitting down and figuring out what parts of our world are going to be needed in your story. Maybe there's um, some industry or, you know, market that, that your character is dealing with that the general public may not know much about. And so, you know, you might want to incorporate that, things like that, but just keep it in mind and make sure that you have it beforehand because if you don't, then you're going to end up doing more rewriting afterward if you, you know, start writing your story or kind of figure out the plot events and then realize something about your world doesn't fit well into that plot. <laughs> so again, I would just do this first. That's my recommendation. Get to know your characters thoroughly. Now, I've talked about this somewhat on the podcast. 
for example, using um, the character personalities, right, that I talked about a few episodes ago. You want to get to know your characters so well that you already know how they're going to react to any given situation before you put that, them in that situation. So when I say get to know your characters thoroughly, I'm really not talking about the old school character sketches that had 600 questions about, you know, what their favorite color is and, and what color their toothpaste is and what was the name of their dog that died when they were in third grade. I mean, I'm really not bashing those. If, if you like going through all of that, then hey, more power to you. But it, I'm just saying it's not necessary. Anything that doesn't play directly into your plot or directly into the way that your character changes throughout the story isn't absolutely necessary to know. If you like to do that just because it's fun, hey, go for it. Um, but in those old character sketches, they tended to have a lot of things that were unnecessary. They had a few things that were good, you know, that you needed to know for the story. But I would also submit that a lot of the things that you do need to know were, you know, very absent from those old character sketches too. So um, again, you just want to get to know your character's personalities, um, of course their backstory, of course anything that's going to play into the choices they make in the plot and how they're going to change. But if you kind of know how they're going to react in any given situation, then that is how your scenes will just start to write themselves. And that's what we want. Hi, prolific authors, me again. Given that you have the writing bug yourselves, I bet at least some of your kids will too. But teaching writing of any kind to kids of any age can be daunting. That's where Write Shop comes in. They have fun workbooks and curriculum for kids of all ages, K through 12. It makes learning writing at home fun and easy. I use their workbooks for my six-year-old nephew, who's the bee's knees at math for his age, <laughs> but he struggles with reading and writing. With so many kids at home and doing digital distance learning or homeschooling this year, Write Shop is the perfect resource for your child's writing needs. With materials for every age and at affordable prices, you can't go wrong. Visit bit.ly forward slash TPA for kids. TPA stands for the prolific author. So again, that's bit.ly forward slash TPA for kids. Of course, then you're going to craft your internal arc, which I have actually harped on a lot. <laughs> because keep in mind that every story is fueled by emotion. The reader is going to connect to the emotion of the story. Of course, there can be cool stuff in the plot. There can be awesome stuff in the world. There can be great battles. There can be, you, you need the conflict, right? But it is always the emotional part of any of those things that the uh, readers are going to connect with. So that's why it's so important to start with the internal arc, because that will sort of be the foundation of your story and everything else should grow out of it. So you need to be, have a really, really strong emotional foundation. Then of course there's the external arc and that's what most people think of when they think of planning their story. The actual plot events, what's going to happen to the characters, everything leading up to that climactic moment, all of that. Um, the sixth pillar is using symbolism, foreshadow, and mirroring to make the story feel cohesive. Now these are things that are extra. This is outside the plot, even outside the character transformation. Using these things purposefully and all throughout the story makes the story feel like it's very self-contained in a good way, like it's very cohesive and everything, all the elements of the story just feed into one another. Okay, and so it makes for a very satisfying and cohesive story. So I would suggest that you use symbolism often and purposefully um, foreshadow coming events and then make sure to pay them off. And you can use mirroring, which is, um, you can use it in so many different ways. Mirror the beginning and the ending, um, 
mirror, you know, the regular, the major plot and the subplot, mirror different character arcs to each other. Again, it just, the repetition of that for the reader, it, I mean, it kind of goes into reader psychology. It just helps them connect to the story on a deeper level. And if they feel satisfaction in the story, they're going to keep coming back to you and your stories again and again and again. Edit for easy reading. Okay. This may seem obvious, but I also think I've kind of learned that most people don't edit in the way they should for easy reading. What I'm talking about here is not just sentence structure and line edits. Of course, those are important, and those are definitely something that you should do. But you could give your manuscript to any editor, and it would be very easy for them to edit your sentences and your word choice and your punctuation, right? Not everybody edits in a way that makes for really easy flowing prose, okay? Let's look at J.K. Rowling. <laughs> One of the reasons that Harry Potter is so popular, is so well-loved, is because it's very easy to read. And of course, that's not by far the only reason. She has stellar characters, stellar arcs, stellar world building, all of that, and all of that plays into it. But you can sit down and read Harry Potter, and it's just like you flow through her prose like you know, I, I know it's a cliche, but I feel like a knife through hot butter. I mean, it's just so easy to read. And that's what we're looking for. Achieving that kind of prose kind of goes beyond editing for sentence structure or word choice or punctuation. A lot of it has to do with getting rid of passive voice. And I've kind of learned that even most editors don't really know how to edit for passive voice. Some of them can do it because they'll, they'll, come across a sentence and they know that it's weak or, you know, they'll say, okay, that's, that's passive voice. Let's fix that. But they don't do it in a way that's super purposeful and specifically editing for passive voice. Um, of course, there are other things as well, things like tightening up your sentences so that you don't have a lot of fluff and extra words in there. Um, using, you know, really descriptive words that aren't, you know, that are strong words that aren't really vague or cliche. There's a lot that goes into it, but that's one thing that you do need to learn how to do to make it easy for your readers to kind of glide through your stories and then want more. And finally, you need to develop a daily writing habit. Now, I know that depending on your situation and the season of life that you're in, not everybody can write every day. That's, that's just a given, right? But the closer you come to writing every day, to, to making it a daily habit, the better you're going to be at writing and the more successful you're going to be as an author. So I always tell people, even if it's only for five, 10 minutes a day, try to write daily, okay? It doesn't have to be for an hour or two or three every day. Just try to make it a daily habit because that trains your brain to be able to sit down and do it anytime. And if you can train your brain, say, I've only got 10 minutes, I gotta get as many words out as I can, that makes it so that you can kind of flip it on and off like a switch. And that's good because that will allow you to write anywhere, anytime that you have a few minutes, rather than saying, okay, I need an hour to sit down and think about my chapter. And then, you know what I mean? It, it's not that there's anything wrong with that, but it's just harder to get the words down if you need that every single time. So try to shift your mindset a little bit and find some time every day, even if it's only a few minutes to write and start cultivating a daily writing habit or as near as you can possibly get to that. All right, so let's go back over all of these. Prepare mentally and physically. Construct your world. Get to know your characters very thoroughly. Uh, construct your internal arc, then your external arc. Make your story cohesive using foreshadowing and mirroring and symbolism. Um, edit for easy reading and 
cultivate a daily writing habit. Now, obviously there's a lot more to these than I've talked about here. There's a lot of details and nuance that goes into it. For example, with the external arc, you can use my uh, nine essential plot points to create that arc. You know, that's one way to do it. Um, but this, these are kind of the foundations of what my course is gonna be about. So I kind of wanted to go through these as sort of an intro to my course. And also because I've rebranded my podcast, just know that everything we talk about will fall into one of these areas. Okay, these are the areas that if you want to be a lifelong career author, you kind of need to master all of these areas. So that's what we'll be focusing on as we move forward. Um, so that is pretty much what I have for you today. I would just suggest that you go over these eight areas and figure out where you need some work, figure out where you can strengthen your system of writing to become better in any of these areas. Um, I'm always here if you have questions. Of course, you can join the Facebook group, which will be linked in the show notes. I go in there, I go live in there at least once a month. I try to do it twice a month, but again, if I'm going to be moving soon, then, uh, you know, might drop down to once a month for a few months. Um, but I'm always there to answer questions and, and have any conversations that anybody needs. Um, I will, I will also say that even though I'm not doing the boot camp for my course, I am going to be launching my course in the next, oh, I'm going to be launching it the first week in September. So in the next few weeks. And, um, even though I'm not doing the boot camp, I am just going to kind of do a very basic webinar that will explain the course. So I will keep you up to date on that. I, you can't actually sign up for the webinar yet, but you will be able to in the next week. Um, so if you want to know more about these, stay tuned and I will explain more about them and teach you some of them in the webinar in order to kind of segue into launching my course. So I'm, I'm really excited for that and I hope you guys are excited for it too. In the meantime, I hope you have a great week of writing and whatever else you do, make sure and write your passion. And I will see you guys next week. Bye for now. Me again. Before you go, if you found value in this episode, I would love it if you could leave me a review. Reviews are the best way to show your appreciation and help others find this podcast. Be sure to screenshot it, share it on your favorite social media network, and tag me at LK Hill Books. Remember, the world needs your stories. Only you can change someone's heart with your fire-breathing dragons, your mind-blowing mysteries, your epic romances, and your intense thrillers. So join the revolution and be a prolific author.